right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Kyle, what's going on? How was your weekend? Good weekend. Good weekend. How's your trip, Wolf? Did you get the uh, meat sweats, uh, eating all that barbecue? There's no doubt about it, man. That play, You know all about Nashville, Tennessee. But, Kyle, I got to tell you, man, the dry rub, it was absolutely stunning. M- meat sweats. Yeah, how, many times, how many times did you eat it? Well, right? You wearing sweatpants? You wearing sweatpants today with the elastic waistband? <laughs> yes. Why do you ask? <laughs> <laughs> I just figured. Yeah, right. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. Kyle, um, what did you think? You're watching preseason game number three. What did you think? What were your thoughts? Well, a lot of guys really showed up. Um, got some, you know, I'd hate to be Steve Kime right now. I'd hate to be Coach Kingsbury. Um, there's some tough decisions because there's um, a lot of players that put some good things on tape. Some guys that um, consistently, you know, Greg Dorch, Andy Isabella, um, it was their preseason. They're the story of the preseason. Um, it's, you know, it, it's hard to see them not being on this roster. Um, but, you know, th- there's several position groups that are so deep um, that, um, you know, I said this uh, post game. But there is going to be – first of all, I believe, however this shakes out, there's, this is going to be a talented practice squad, which has tremendous value when you have a 17-game season. And especially with the way injuries are already creeping up on this team. Um, you know, So there's going to be depth not only on the team, there's going to be depth on the practice squad, and there's going to be players that will be on other teams' active rosters after cutdown date. Um, and all of these things are good problems to have. Um, I just don't know, you know, what criteria they're going to base their decisions on, um, how these decisions are going to be made. And, um, you know, I, it's, it, I think, again, it's, it's a tremendous credit to the coaching staff, to the scouting department, to Steve Kime, um, because more than ever, the talent uh, at the backup position on the back end of your roster is crucial to making it through a season and getting to the playoffs. Talking to Kyle Vanderbosch, uh, Kyle on the defensive side of things. Cameron Thomas had a couple sacks on Saturday. Majay Sanders had a half sack. So there's your two third rounders. You know, it's preseason. I know it's a small sample. But now through these three preseason games and through camp, do you feel any better about the pass rush minus Chandler Jones? I do. I do. You know, that's one of the big things I've been looking for um, through the first two games. Um, Cameron Thomas and MyJ Sanders and even Jesse Lucetta look like um, they belong on an NFL team, but they didn't necessarily look like um, they'd be big-time contributors this year. You know, they could you could use them in spots. Um, they could contribute on special teams, um, but being making a difference at outside linebacker, um, I wasn't quite sure. Um, now I feel a little bit better about that after this preseason game, and, and I, I particularly feel good. Um, after the second preseason game, seeing the way Dennis Gardeck is moving, the way he's able to corner, how fast Nick looks and he looks off the edge, and how productive Devon Kennard. I feel like he's really done some things um, to change his body, to change how um, how he approached the offseason. And he was extremely productive in limited reps in that second preseason game. So 
Um, you know, the cupboard's not empty, saying that, um, you know, I would like some resolution to whatever the Marcus Golden situation is. Um, you know, the whole conversation, the offseason has been about who's going to line up opposite of Marcus Golden. Well, and everybody penciled him as, you know, a double-digit sack guy. So we just need to find an answer on the other side. Well, there seems to be some sort of mystery, um, you know, since he hasn't practiced in three and a half weeks about what's going on with him. So I hope that that gets settled soon. And then I feel like I feel pretty good about the outside linebacker position. So, Kyle, tell me a little bit about Zayvon Collins and how he played in game number three and how you're going to approach Zayvon Collins for week one with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, It it was a lot of the same. Um, You know, um, listening to Coach Kingsbury, anytime he's asking about him, um, he's asked about Zayvon Collins, he'll say, you know, when he just pulls the trigger – um, then he's good. When he um, just reacts to what he sees, he's good. Um, you still see a little bit of the hesitation, and at inside linebacker, there can be none. So, you know, in, again, in his limited reps, I thought he looked good. I thought, um, you know, you can see how physical he can be. He ran over an offensive lineman and, and made a bone-crushing tackle in the game. Um, but to me, he's a player – um, I wish he could have, you know, he's one of the only projected starters that got any reps in preseason games, but I wish he could have gotten more because, um, yeah. you know, it's it's for him to trust his eyes and trust what he sees and just go, it takes rep after rep after rep and practice reps, um, you know, they're beneficial, but it's not good enough um, because you're, you're seeing your own offense, you're getting used to your own offense, you need to see different offenses and you need to just be able to pull that trigger. And once he um, stops thinking and is able to pull that trigger, once he's able to recognize which blocker is coming from him, hit him, uh, separate with hat and hands and shed, um, he's going to be a lot better. And that only comes with, um, you know, game experience. Yep. Talking to Kyle Vandenbosch, Kyle, you mentioned how tough it would be to be Steve Keim right now making some of these cuts. I have to think the running back room is right at the top of the list of the toughest ones to cut down. Wolf and I have been talking about it. I don't know how you can keep five guys, but I don't know how you can let any of those five go either. No, and I, you know, I've been listening to your discussion about it, and I agree. Um, it's kind of a log jam there, um, and um, – a lot like you talked about. I think conventional wisdom was when they signed Daryl Williams, he's your backup, and then the battle becomes uh, for three and four. Saying that, you, you just don't hear much coming out of the Cardinals camp about Daryl Williams. Um, you know, we've only seen him in a handful of snaps in, in preseason games. Um, I, you know, I have to think that if it's close between Daryl Williams um, and Eno Benjamin and, and Keontae Ingram and Jonathan Ward, um, I think you go with the younger players because um, you know what Darren Williams' ceiling is. He's he's probably at his ceiling coming from, um, you know, a pass-heavy offense in Kansas City. Um, and, you know, Keontae Ingram looked really good. And you've got him under contract, relatively inexpensive for the next few years. Um, and he's going to continue to ascend. He's um, as good as he looks in this third preseason game. Um, he's only going to continue to grow and get better and, and learn. So, um, you know, and, you know, again, a lot of it is, is if you're not the starter and you're not the backup. And, and I tend to think 
that throughout the offseason that Eno became the backup just based on the amount of times that he got unsolicited praise from the coaches, from teammates. Um, I think that that decision probably was made coming out of summer, um, even before training camp. Um, and so I don't know that you can keep Daryl Williams as potentially a third guy, the third running back, when he's not a special teams guy. And you have Jonathan Ward and you have an up-and-coming rookie that really um, showed that he is capable of, of making plays, of running the ball hard. Uh, and I hear Wolf talk about, the, you know, the thing I saw from Keontae, um, Keontae Ingram was uh, early in the game, he hit the hole hard, put his head down, and moved the pile, which is what you're looking for when he comes in the game. And But he showed a change of pace. He he looked a little bit like Le'Veon Bell waiting for the blocks to set up yep. and read the blocks. So he's he's got that change up. He's not a one-dimensional back. He's not a guy that's just going to run into darkness and get you two or three yards. He is a guy that has the potential to have the big game-breaking play as well. So you you think Daryl Williams might be in trouble? Is that what you said? I, look, well, I have no idea. I mean, no, I, no, I'm not I, out I there every day of practice, but yeah. um, I, I do. I, I actually, I, I, I do. I mean, look, Daryl Williams was brought in as a one-year rental, a guy that filled a hole in the offseason. Well, you draft players kind of hoping that they can develop at some point and fill those roles. And, and to me, Keontae Thompson looks more ready at this point than I expected him to be. Um, so do you potentially risk losing a guy that is growing, that has shown some aptitude, um, and that you have under contract relatively inexpensive for the next few years uh, for the one-year rental? Or do you hang on to the young player that's going to continue to develop, learn, and could potentially – take over a bigger role down the road. Kyle, we appreciate the time as always, man. We'll talk to you a lot throughout the season. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure.